We've been doing this series on leadership, and uh, today we're in the story of Joshua finally uh, stepping up and leading. And this is his first uh, task as a leader, and that is to lead the people across the Jordan River. That they were in the desert, and the Jordan River is what separated them from the promised land. Meaning this was the land that the Lord had promised them, the land of milk and honey, the land that uh, the Lord was going to establish his people. So we're in chapter 3, and let me read through you, starting in verse 1. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out for Shem and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the heart. Do not go near it. We stop there just for a minute because think about this. Joshua now is leading an entire community. This is men, women, children. This is families with newborns. This is just a picture of what you saw up here on the stage. Just, this isn't just an army that's being led across the Jordan River. This is an entire nation, entire community of people. And I was thinking about that this week. If the Lord had said to me, leave Midtown across the Jordan River, how would I do that? Because the Jordan River uh, was a flood stage, which we'll see in just a minute, which some historians believe that that meant that the river was nearly a mile wide where they were crossing it, and up to 12 feet deep in certain places. I'm like, well, what would be my first thought if I said, okay, guys, tomorrow we're crossing the Cumberland, you know? And, oh, yeah, it's a flood stage. I would start kind of asking questions like, how many of you can swim? You know, uh, I wonder if, uh, if it's possible that Joshua decided it's time to have some little Hebrew floaties. You know, what, what would those look like? Like little Ten commandments or something, don't you think? Maybe he decided he needed to go back and read the story of Noah and try to build a boat. I mean, realistically, wouldn't you, if you were in his position, say, okay, we're going to cross the river, but how are we going to do that? You know, I wonder if Joshua realized that he was a Bible character. I mean, think about that for a minute. Do you think Joshua lived with that reality? Well, we're different than other people because we're Bible characters. <laughs> One day they're going to have felt fingers of us. <laughs> So rules, normal rules don't apply to us. We don't get afraid and we don't face challenges like you face them because he's a fighting character. Then how do we approach the Bible sometimes? Like we don't think these people are real or human because they're fighting characters. That Joshua couldn't possibly have said it's his head going, maybe God has lost his mind. How can he possibly ask you to do the impossible? You don't look like a fool. I was starting to think about swimming this week, and I came across the story of Diana Nyden. Uh, it's an interesting story because in 1978, she attempted to swim from Havana, Cuba, to Miami, Florida. It's called the Florida Straits. It's 103 miles that she attempted to swim. As she began to swim, she was in her stride, and she was a distance swimmer. Obviously, she knew she could. 42 hours to end this swim. Let's just stop and pause. 42 hours in every swim. So let me ask you, what could you do for 42 hours? 
Christ come up to the cleaners to be out to give unity from the God of Jesus and the Lord to the name of the city. So how do we do that? <clears throat> I just want to point out two things to this story uh, for you to consider this one. The first is this. In chapter, in chapter 3, verse 4, we read this. It's talking about following the ark of the covenant. And he says something interesting here. Maybe you will know which way to go since you have never been in this story before. What does that mean? Why is he saying the obvious? You've never crossed the river or close to it. Impossible to prepare yourself for a situation. 
possible. And if your grace is ever in any situation that you are not prepared for, then you get ready for isolation. As you will live in your life, you will isolate yourself from anything that threatens to put you in a place that you don't want to do. The only thing you can do is be people that are We can have the false belief that leadership is to never be in a place that I've never been here before. But actually, if you are growing as a leader, if you are growing as a leader of Christ, you will be in that place all the time. All the time. We will always be moving to the place we have never been before. All the time. So I just want to tell you right now, to be like, man, I want my life to be marked by God moving through me and in my life. I want to have stories like we just heard up here on the stage. God is going to constantly take you to the place that you have never been in before. And you need to give up your fear of it and you need to step into the freedom of it. A few years back, a seminary contacted me and said, hey, we've got this church planning class that we teach up here. We were wondering if we could come and address the class and talk to them. And I was started in town getting strategies for what we did and all the kind of stuff that, uh, that would help them in their training and equipping to become church planners. I said, yeah, sure, of course. And so uh, I started writing it down, and I think principle number one, incredibly good looking. You know, principle number two, those things help. Because uh, if we didn't have those, then that would have been amazing. And you know, the Lord just, I, I wrote in the angel, hear all the things that you want to hear from the going to the future. And then the Lord reminded me, and this is how the class started. How do we plan to do I have no idea. And I can tell you right now, we still have no idea. We have no idea what we're doing. You see, every day God is taking us to places that we've never been before. And about a month into planning this I was sitting up in offices and I'd already contacted every member of the church. And it was still and, uh, and I'm reading these manuals on how to plant churches, how to build a church, you know, our knowledge to be strong, to be familiar books. And you're convinced that I can just memorize those books, to in those books to hold the answer for the next step for us. And the Lord took me to the passages that you see on these giving boxes down there, Second Corinthians chapter 9. It says, there's nothing out of what I can see or play or it's compulsion or what I can see. But give what the Lord is to the heart to give what the Holy Spirit loves. And I was reading that and I was thinking, man, I just, what, what, what are you doing? And he was like, you got to trust me. you got to trust me that I'm the one to do So I remember I took those big Closed them up, took them out of the dumpster, and threw them in the dumpster. Came upstairs into my empty office, which had a shower covers. And uh, got on my knees and said, okay, we're doing this thing. But our leadership said, wherever you lead, whatever you're leading us to be, Holy Spirit, we are following you. I am telling you, that is the craziest prayer you can possibly. Because people mess you up. Okay, listen, because it takes you into the mystery. The journey of mystery is reading uh, the mystery. 
That's what he says. He says, listen to your heart. See it for the fathomless mystery that it is. And the warning, pain of it, no less than in the excitement and gladness. Touch, taste, smell your way to the holy, hidden heart of it. Because in the last analysis, all moments are key moments. And life itself is grace. Really, 
get God in front of Where they make the See, when I realized that there's this freedom that I've never been here before, that I've never been here before, there's this freedom in this because now I'm going to look at the Lord. And it allows me now to put my attention on what I'm going to do with the hands. Yesterday, I went to the car, hanging out with the hand, and he uh, says, oh, hey, the car. And then you go to, you go to bring God in the car, a building in it, so I did it. And uh, so we're sitting there, and he's right behind me, and he's having some good time. And uh, I started to hear this guy uh, yell. And I looked over and he had a couple of old labs that they put up his brand new truck and his kids and his wife. And one of the dogs had hung over the side of the truck and they were trying to live up with the kids. And his collar was scratched from the side of the truck. It's just small. 
And as I was thinking about this this week, you know, Indiana Jones went out all home. Because the Ark of the Covenant, although it's covered in gold and silver and cherubim and gold, unnecessary that they were carrying it over, nobody could see the gold. The reason was is because every year this is what they did to the Ark of the Covenant. Because it's a continual fall of God. Our God is just holy. He's a consumed fire. And if He holds us all accountable for things that we've done in our lives. And so every year the priest would bring the goat into the holy of holies and put his hand on the goat and then he put all the sins of the people in the goat. And then that's what they would take him. And then if he drained blood from that goat, and he would take his sin, and he would take that blood, and he would sprinkle on top of the ark of heaven. Because right between the ceremonies, that place right in the middle, the place between the ten commandments and the box, the presence of God. And sprinkle that blood of it go all sins that placed on Then the mercy seat was forgiven sins of me. And what's remarkable is that in this message, you're carrying it down, and in years and in years, the holy blood has covered up the blood. And they're having a physical representation of that heart holds the purity, the holiness, the mightiness of the law of God. And yet it's covered with the blood of the mercy seat that he's covered. Perishable, 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 
have been saying, which is written, which is true, death is swallowed up in victory. What is impossible for us, Christ is death. He is swallowed up in the river of sin and death. He goes on to say, Where are death is your victory? Where are death is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks to God, He gave us the victory to our Lord Jesus Christ. He had to stand a thousand feet away so that they could easily see how mighty the God is. That God was doing everything. That's what He does. He did it all. When He went to the cross, He paid for everything. He said, It is finished. It is finished. Did you catch what the cause of sin is? He's waiting for us to do that. He's waiting for us to do it more than that. 
get excited about that. Say, Lord, I'm going to be ready for this trip. I know I'm going to be ready for it. But I'm going to be ready for it. Consecrate yourself for that trip. And it'd be amazing. Here's what's important about this. Is that at any time you step into any amazing journey, see God work in a miraculous place, it just... Can you be saying? Can you? God is not going to be saying. Maybe we just all accept that about you guys. Okay? Maybe we're here. You know? Maybe we need Jesus and we're looking at you. You know? And God's working all things together for the good. And even in our hearts, He's not over here. And we're believing God is present with God. And He's working out His purposes. That will mess you up. Because that will cause you to set up the places that you need to know. It will cause you to stop and ask yourself. This is really my stuff. This is really my time. This is really my gifts. Lord, who the poor has to be? Lord, where are the injustices in the city? Where are the places that you're saying to me, I just can't walk past that one more time and pretend I'm out of the city? Where are you calling me to love the people around me? Where are you calling me to get in over myself, get out in front of the mirror, and agree this is not about being an unequal power? And then in this step, you can start loving him. When you're going to face the tough questions that Jesus Jesus for so many years, did they never come to the edge of the Jordan River and see God say, Behold. Thank you, Father, because of the Christ of the cross. 
Christ. Sit in confidence today. Those of us in Christ, we 